Today on Let the Bible Speak. The mind of God is infinite, and that includes His memory. Now, a simple statement made thousands of years ago should bring us great comfort today, but also a warning. Good morning and welcome to Let the Bible Speak. It's such a joy to be with you today and we appreciate you for taking a few moments to stop and study and meditate upon the Word of God. I want to speak today about the memory of God. I claim no originality in the lesson today. Rather, I'm borrowing it from a late friend and evangelist, Brother Ronnie Wade. Brother Wade was a good friend. He was a tireless worker for the Lord and he was a very impactful preacher for nearly 70 years. He passed away in early 2020. This is one of the many sermons he preached years ago, and I would like to try and present those thoughts to you in our time together today. Our reading comes from Genesis chapter 8, the, four, the first four verses. Beginning in verse 1, the record says, Then God remembered Noah, and every living thing, and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of the hundred and fifty days, the waters decreased. Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the seventeenth day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. It's a beautiful statement that Moses makes when he writes, Then God remembered Noah and all the living things that survived the terrible flood. This suggests several thoughts that we should consider today. The sermon is entitled, then God remembered, and I'll return with that after a song.
Many of us are prone to forget things from time to time. As we grow older, our memories tend to fade. Many events either become blurry in our mind or we forget them altogether. Some of us forget what we should remember and then we remember things we would be better off to forget. With God, it's not that way. The Bible tells us that long ago, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a light in a very dark world. And while the rampant wickedness that filled the earth caught the attention of God, so did the unusual righteousness and upright life of Noah. The Bible goes so far as to say that it repented God that He had made man and that God determined to destroy the entire human race because of their evil and start anew with this godly man. So God spoke to Noah one day and instructed him to build an ark to carry his family through the coming flood. All of that must have been very overwhelming within itself. It took 120 years for Noah to complete the ark while in the meantime he preached and he warned the sinful people around him. Most people didn't listen to him and most probably thought he had lost his mind, but he continued to hammer away and continued to build and he continued to preach. The day finally came that God told Noah to take his family and get inside. And the invisible hand of God then reached down and closed the door of the ark and thus the door of mercy. And it began to rain. The skies opened, the fountains of the deep were broken, and a mighty flood began to cover the earth. It didn't take long for people to realize that Noah knew what he was talking about. And they scrambled for higher ground, but inch by inch and foot by foot the waters rose until all of them were washed away. And suddenly a world that had been populated with multitudes of people fell strangely silent, save for the sounds of the waters and the ark. Just eight people remained alive inside the ark. Now while on one hand Noah had the comforting knowledge that he and his family were saved, he also had to face the startling reality that all of the other millions of people on earth had suddenly perished. Brothers, sisters, cousins, friends, neighbors had all chosen to go their own way without God, and now Noah had been forever separated from them. It must have been a very lonely and surreal feeling. What would now become of Noah and his little family aboard this giant ark? There was not a patch of ground in sight for them to place their feet upon. There was no land to farm, raise food to eat. There was no place to build a house. How lonely and frightened Noah and the seven others with him must have felt as the days wore on and the ark aimlessly drifted upon the deep. He seemed utterly helpless and utterly insignificant. But then the Bible says that God remembered Noah and every living thing, Genesis 8 and verse 1. Noah had not been forsaken. When there was literally no one else on the face of the earth for Noah to depend upon, God was still there. And God remembered. What if God had forgotten about Noah? What if God had set about with other plans for the earth and forgotten about that little speck of an ark floating atop a world of water? But He didn't. God remembered. You know, much later the Bible tells us about the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah that became rife with immorality and perversion and wickedness. And God looked down and saw them and determined to destroy them but with fire. Genesis 19 verse 29 tells us that it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. 
You see, God knew the tender feelings that Abraham still had for his nephew Lot who lived in that place. And he remembered how Abraham had pleaded for God to spare the cities if he could find enough righteous souls within. Well, there were not even ten godly people to be found there. But God remembered Abraham and he remembered his nephew Lot. And he brought Lot out of the city before it was destroyed. And we could go on and on through the Bible and we could find where God remembered his people when everything seemed against them. Not only that, we can also read where God remembered the people who had turned against him. And he could remember their words and their deeds. The point being, nothing nor no one escapes the all-seeing eye and the infinite memory of Jehovah God. We'd like to think about some things for a few minutes today that God remembers, even today. First, we're told that God remembers his own word. Now, sometimes we have every intention of doing what we say we'll do, but maybe we forget. Perhaps the details of conversations become blurry as time passes. Perhaps we get busy and we get distracted and preoccupied, and it just simply slips our mind. Maybe our memory of events and interactions with other people over time become distorted, and we don't remember it exactly the way that it was. But it's never that way with God. Throughout the Bible, you'll read the phrase time and again, and God remembered his covenant. For example, in Exodus chapter 2, beginning verse 23, it reads, Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. You know, it probably seemed to the Hebrews that their slavery in Egypt would never end. For hundreds of years they toiled under the heavy hand of the Egyptians and under the Pharaoh. And the promise that God had made to the patriarch Abraham all of those hundreds of years before to make them a nation, to give them a wonderful land, that all seemed so distant and out of reach. And so hopelessly they cried, they wept, and they groaned. But the Bible tells us that God heard and he cared. His heart was stirred and he remembered his covenant. He sent Moses to deliver them, telling Moses in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 5, I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Much later in Psalm 105 and verse 8, He remembers His covenant forever, the word which He commanded for a thousand generations. And then in verses 41 and 42, He opened the rock and water gushed out. It ran in the dry places like a river, for He remembered His holy promise and Abraham His servant. Even though they were often a complaining and disobedient people, even though there were times when they so kindled the anger and indignation of God because of their waywardness, because of their discontentedness, their ingratitude, and ultimately their sin and their idolatry, God still remembered He had made a promise to their father Abraham. He never forgot that promise. He fulfilled it in Christ Jesus. When Noah and his family came through the flood safely aboard the ark, God said in Genesis 9 and verse 11, Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the earth, or by the waters of the flood, rather. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. 
And then you recall he stretched a rainbow across the sky to remind him of the covenant he made to never destroy the earth with water again. God has kept that promise. Consequently, he has promised to destroy it one day by fire, and he will keep that promise as well. Friend, the point is we may think that the Word of God, that it really doesn't matter much what it says, but I can assure you God does not see his own Word that way. God takes His own Word a lot more seriously, and He remembers it a lot better than most of us do. Psalm 119, verse 89, Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. Isaiah 40, and verse 8, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God stands forever. Jesus our Lord said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but My words will by no means pass away. You see, we may think that it really doesn't matter at the end of the day what we believe or what we do, but God remembers His Word. His Word is that important to Him. His Word is just that binding. His Word is just that immutable. We may think that, well, things change with the passing of the years and generations. Cultures change, times change, opinions and attitudes and philosophies and standards change, and therefore what used to be wrong, well, that isn't wrong anymore. Oh no, God remembers His Word. And you and I may not be diligent to read and study and remember God's Word as we ought, but I assure you God remembers every single letter of it, and Jesus promised that one day we will be judged by that word in the last day, John chapter 12 and verse 48. So make no mistake, God remembers His word. He remembers His commands. He remembers everything He told us to do and everything He told us not to do. He remembers His promises. He remembers His threats of judgment. He remembers every promise He ever made to bless us for doing His will or to judge us for not keeping His word. God doesn't forget that. God doesn't forget the bad we've done because He all of a sudden sees some good that we do. God remembers. But second of all, God not only remembers His covenant, God remembers His people. You know, sometimes that's easy to forget when we go through the pains of suffering and loss. But the Bible assures us that God remembers those who are His. We've already seen how God remembered Noah and Abraham you may recall he remembered Hannah in her bitterness, a godly woman who so badly wanted a child to raise, to give back to God, and she in the meantime had to suffer the cruel mocking of Elkanah's other wife. And that was a miserable, miserable period in her life. She wept bitterly, the Bible says. She poured out her heart to God about her terrible situation. And the Bible tells us that God remembered Hannah. What about his people today, though? Jesus one time said, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Matthew 6, verses 28 through 30. You see, we get all anxious about uh, bills and about our circumstances and about what we're going to eat and what we're going to wear. And the Lord says, we're of little faith when we do so. God remembers. God knows. The psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You see, friend, God knows more about you than you know about yourself. 
you see only a part of the way things really are, and you only see so far back into the past, and you're not able to look into the future at all. But God, on the other hand, sees and knows from the beginning to the end. His Word tells us that He knows the very number of hairs on your head. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 30. You don't know that about yourself, although for some of us it's easier to count than it is for others. But God knows the exact number. He even says that when we give a simple cup of cold water to one who is thirsty, he takes note and he remembers. Matthew 10 verse 42. The Hebrew writer called to mind the sorrows and the patience and the labors of those he was writing to. And he said this, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. God doesn't forget us. He doesn't forget our labors. He doesn't forget our suffering. He doesn't forget our sacrifices. Others may never notice the things we do for Christ. God does and He remembers. He remembers your work of encouragement. He remembers when you helped that poor person, bought them a meal, gave them clothes, gave them shelter. He remembers that lonely person that you visited in the nursing home or the hospital. That smile, that kind word that you gave to someone who was in the depths of sorrow and brightened their day and helped them make it through that day. You know, it should encourage those who are in Christ and living for Him that God does not forget our righteous deeds. And neither does He forget our sorrows and our disappointments. You know, there's never a time that a faithful child of God cries themselves to sleep, but that God is not near in that darkened room and remembers the burdens that lay on that heart. When David was running and hiding from Saul, that was one of the most stressful and frightening and trying times of his entire life. And as he fled, he fell into the hands of the Philistines at Gath and they took him captive. And it was then that David poured out his broken heart in Psalm 56 and verse 8 saying, You number my wanderings, put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? It may have seemed to Joseph that God had forgotten all about him and his dreams as he whiled away in Potiphar's jail. But he had not. It may have seemed that way to Jeremiah in the pit or Paul and Silas in the stocks of the Philippian jail. But God never forgot them either. And when His people today feel alone, wronged, or oppressed, God puts every tear into His bottle. He writes them down in His book. He hears every prayer of the faithful Christian. We sometimes wonder, when will the answer ever come? Or how will God answer? But God hears those prayers and God remembers the prayers of a faithful child of His. You know, there's a beautiful scene portrayed in the book of Revelation. Revelation was written to Christians who were being severely persecuted and they wondered if they would ever prevail in the great conflict against wickedness, if the kingdom of Christ would ever overcome those who were seeking to oppress and stamp it out. But it says this of them in Roman, or Revelation rather, chapter 8 beginning in verse 3. It says, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Aside from anything else this scene might portray and teach us, it should remind us of how God views the prayers of the righteous. We who are in Christ should pray with faith and confidence because God hears and we can know that God remembers. And then finally, I would warn you that God remembers the sins of the impenitent. 
Listen very carefully, my dear friend. God remembers sin. And He often bides His time. He often restrains His judgment, and often for a long time, in mercy. But that doesn't mean that His judgment is not waiting to be unleashed. And He will bring every unrepented of, unresolved, unforgiven sin to judgment. Don't get the idea that God's idea of forgiveness is that He just blindly looks the other way and we just go through life willy-nilly and God is so gracious and God is so forgiving that He just forgets about it or hides His face from it. That's not how it works. Sin has to be dealt with on a legal basis in the eyes of God. Now God says in Numbers 32 and verse 23, be sure your sin will find you out. Now sometimes we look at worldly people who have no regard for God and for right and we think, oh, they're living such joyful and carefree lives. They're getting away with their sin. Oh no, that sin comes with a heavy price tag. You can mark it down. The way of the transgressor is hard, said the wise man Solomon. And Paul said in Galatians 6 and verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, he shall also reap. God keeps a record. And the history of peoples and nations spanning thousands of years in the Old Testament should tell us that much. Sometimes God allowed hundreds and hundreds of years to pass before He settled the score and brought a wicked people or a wicked nation to judgment. But His judgment always eventually fell. And thus it will be in the life of every person who holds on to sin and tries to bury their sin in anything but the blood of Jesus. God knows every sin. God knows the identity of every little baby whose life was snuffed out in an abortion clinic. He knows the names of every person involved in that. He knows exactly who committed the murders that police never solve. He knows who broke into your house and stole your belongings. He knows the name of every person you might have slunk around in the shadows and committed immorality with. He knows names and faces and times and events. He knows every penny that you embezzle from the company or that you take or swindle from some other person. He hears every lie and every word of guile and deceit, and He has a record of it. He never forgets it. If judgment comes 10,000 years from now, He will not have forgotten you, nor will He have forgotten every unrepented, unforgiven sin. Time does not erase it. Your efforts to hide and cover it up do not conceal it from the all-seeing eye and all-knowing mind of God. There was a man who was sick and dying, and a friend would visit him. And he would always ask him, Is there anything I can do for you? And the reply was always, No, there's nothing. One day his death was very close. He asked the same question, Is there anything I can do for you? But this day the answer was different. The dying man said, No, there's nothing anyone can do for me. What I want to know is, Is there anyone who can undo? The bitter regret of a misspent and wasted life was haunting and tormenting this man as he looked into a yawning grave. But there's good news today. There is one who can undo. At least he can forget what he up until now has remembered. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. That could be you today. Are there sins that haunt you this day? Have you perhaps tried to push them out of your mind, not only hoping that no one will find out, but that God didn't notice or He will not remember? Oh, He remembers. And He will always remember until you repent. Confess it to Him and wash in the cleansing blood of His Son who died for the sins that you've committed. Saul of Tarsus was a sinful man. 
His fingers dripped with the blood of the early Christians, but yet Ananias told him, Saul, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. We bid you to do the same today, because God remembers. like to have a copy of today's sermon, we'll be happy to provide it. It's free of cost. Simply request the sermon, Then God Remembered, and we'll get you a free transcript as soon as we can. Remember, you can find us online, ltbstv.org. You'll find all of our past broadcasts and transcripts there. And don't forget us on social media. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today. Go to YouTube and search for Let the Bible Speak TV. And when you find our channel, hit the subscribe button and share our content, and you'll help us to spread the truth of God's Word. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead, and I hope the Lord is willing for us to meet back here again for another Bible study next time. Until then, have a great week, and may God bless you according to His will. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by The Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org.
Thanks for being with us today. Join us next time for Let the Bible Speak.